My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. And we are in. And uh, welcome Scott Evans of the Hunters for Life, VP. We have been trying to get on for a very long time. I think the plan was, as my golden retriever starts to bark, I think the original plan was I was going to be your first guest, and here we are, <laughs> whatever, and I finally find it wasn't your fault whatsoever. I'm uh, technologically not as smart as people think I am, so we finally uh, it, well, I'm going to go with and take some fault, because I did not understand the program at the time either. Then it hooked my buddy telling me, hey, do this and this, and then I followed through, because it was still after my first guest was a still, I was still not learning. And then after that, it's been learning from here and there. And well, now here we are and we're finally getting together after the Shannon. And absolutely, man, coming out of that, I just uh, quote, like quotes have been popping in my head left and right lately. I mean, you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be great. I mean, you listen to my first podcast, dude, and it's terrible. And I had just actually had something pop up in my timeline one of my first ever YouTube videos, like shoot 10 years ago on a GoPro three plus it was, it was cringy to say the least, but well, you know more about pot editing videos than I do at all and editing. So there's something at least. Sure. We've gone from, we started with iMovie, the free app on a eight gigabyte um, iPad back in 2012, somewhere around there, 2013. And it was great. Because even at that time, you could buy a sixty-four gigabyte micro SD for a for a GoPro and fill that in one you know one afternoon fishing, no problem. So you'd have to take out you know the first eight gigabytes off the SD card, edit that down, you know, to chop it down to your final product, delete all the raw stuff to make room for more, and then shoot, dude, it was so frustrating with some of the videos. You'd just be about to put an ending on it, and there was no way to get around you know having less than eight gigabytes. Yeah, and gigabyte around in your pocket. Yeah. And I'm just going back to the beginning because I've heard your podcast and I was wanting to hear about, uh, you know, give my listeners uh, a tale about how you started uh, Hunters for Life, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, cut me off if I ramble longer than you want me to. Um, well, I can't, I can't take all the credit. Uh, I was born in 1993, um, perfectly healthy, a month and a half premature, itty bitty. Uh, had about 42 growth spurts. I've been six foot since I've been about 12. Uh, wanted, to, wanted to have a life in the military. My grandpa was a Marine, my biggest role model. Wanted to follow in his shoes. About 14 years old, um, I noticed myself starting to scoot a little further and further, you know, or a little closer to the chalkboard. And came home one day and made the joke to my mom, you know, hey, mom, I think I'm going blind. Well, the joke was on me. I, I was indeed going blind. And uh, I took a turn for the worse from about 14 to 17 and they've been fair you know fairly stable uh ever since so i've got i think uh the last time i uh got my eyes checked i was at a 2800 vision so what somebody can see from you know 800 feet away i gotta be i gotta be 20 feet from to recognize and my dad my dad noticed me spending a little more time in front of the xbox than uh, than out in the woods with him and he wasn't having any part of that so he was able to call the DNR at the time when, you know, every every average Joe couldn't use a crossbow in Michigan. He got me permission to use a crossbow. Found out, you know, you could get permission to use a laser sight. So he, he kept me hunting. You know, he was able to stand behind me. 
at a young age and, you know, guide me in. Okay, that's the wrong deer, Scott. Turn around, you're looking the wrong direction. And, you know, when I got on the right, the right animal we were targeting, we were able to, uh, you know, dial in from there. And I somehow got accepted to Northern Michigan University. Uh, they say the N stands for knowledge. Uh, that tells you anything. And <laughs> Moved 500 miles north of north of my family, and I think my dad, I'll say he had a bit of a midlife crisis. You know, he didn't have his blind kid to hang out with every day. And right. But this crazy idea to start a nonprofit to help disabled people. And at that time, you know, he was just getting on Facebook, which that share button nowadays is cancer to him. I mean, he's hitting it 50, 60, 70 times a day sometimes, but... Early on, brother, I just really wanted to help him out with it, with the advertising. You know, I was still, you know, young, young, young and dumb in college and didn't really know what to do. But I, I, I did know that my dad wasn't too great on social media and I, I was building my own brand on, uh, on Instagram at the time. So yeah, I figured yeah, I'd help him out, make him a Hunters for Life Facebook page. And I think we started with an Instagram page and, um, one day, one day we needed to, uh, we were told we needed a mission statement. And me and my buddy were in the Buffalo Wild Wings parking lot after they were closed. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. So we came up with this great this great idea to, for a mission statement. And we also needed an Instagram bio at the time. So we, we got both things covered. Uh, and it was our mission is to make the great outdoors accessible to anyone and everyone, regardless of age, limitation, or disability. And what we didn't know at the time is, you know, being a nonprofit, a 501c3 nonprofit, you're kind of bound to do with your donation money what your mission statement says. So. Yeah. Like wounded warrior scandal, for example, they were only allowed to spend their money on, you know, wounded veterans or the make a wish foundation only allowed to, you know, do terminally ill kids where us, for example, you know, we can take veterans, we can take people, you know, in Shannon's situation, um, we can take uh, you know, a kid whose dad's a brain surgeon and works on, you know, works too much. And the kid's Xbox breaks and he wants to learn how to, you know, he sees an ad for fishing. He wants to go out and learn how to fish. Um, we've been able to, you know, help anybody in need. Sweet. So that's long story short. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell me a story about how Shannon got up there for his bear hunt. Oh, we got to go back in time for that one, brother. Um, I want to say probably four or five years ago now, um, my dad, uh, my dad heard, heard about Shannon, you know, over on the West side of uh, the lower part of Michigan. And I, I, if I remember correctly, my dad was working through Shannon to, to see if Shannon could find somewhere good to go turkey hunting. But uh, Shannon had no idea we were trying to, you know, he was the turkey hunter. Uh, so we ended up finding, uh, I want to say it was 440 acres over in uh, uh, Holland, Michigan. And talked to the guy on the phone and his name, uh cannot remember, but uh, he tells me he's a farmer, right? So I think we're going over, mm -hmm. you know, it'll be a cornfield, you know, maybe I'll have some alfalfa. He'll have some, you know, he'll have some tree rows and there will be some turkeys. When this guy says he was a farmer, he was a wildlife farmer. I'm, it was the most managed property short of my buddy's, uh, my buddy Dan Featherstone's ranch up here. It was probably some of the most prestigious wildlife ground I've ever seen. And we had uh, another buddy, our Cody Strasberg, he runs Strut Life Guide Service for turkeys. Um, he had a, a friend that fell off a ladder, man. Uh, it took a screwdriver to the spinal cord, paralyzed from the waist down ever since. And he had crack chair, so we let us borrow that. Uh, we drove, I think, I want to say it was like a three, three and a half hour drive, so not terrible. Uh, drove over, scouted the, scouted the property the night before. And I still have yet to kill a turkey for myself, man. But I'll tell you what, when we were, when we, it was like we died and went to turkey heaven, man. We had, ooh, the morning we probably had seven or eight roost trees all within 100 yards of us just, just surrounded. And we had Michigan Outdoors. That was my first time meeting, uh, meeting Jimmy and, you know, the Michigan Outdoors team. 
So we get all set up in the morning, a beautiful, uh, what was a Primo's double bull blind. It was the first time I'd seen one of those. So Shannon gets the wheel in his track chair and the zippers are on the back corner, two back corners of the blind. So the whole back wall of the blind, you know, just a normal pop-up hub blind, the whole back nice. wall pops up, dude. And you get his wheel right in there with the track chair. So we had Shannon being left-handed. We had him in the front left corner. And then we had the cameraman in the front right corner, my buddy Colin in the back left corner, and me just huddled in the back right corner, just trying to stay out of the way. And we ended up killing a turkey. Um, but, oh, he almost gets every time he goes out. Uh, I don't think he got one this season, but, shoot, he's got seven or eight birds already. Well, uh, this year I didn't break my foot, so that's a good thing. Hey, my second go. year there out, and I didn't, I didn't break my foot, so – I didn't even I'll buy a license. I didn't even buy a turkey license this year. I didn't. I mean, I was gonna try to shoot one right-handed with the broken left clavicle that they told me was good. Um, you know, you could have just opinion. used a crossbow too. Yeah, I could have done that too. Um, yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but shoot, I've been so uh, recovering, and then now that I'm recovered, I've been so busy doing a million different things. It's like I'll, 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 I'll be good till the fall. <laughs> sure, we can buy one i mean one one a day over the counter until they're gone shoot either sex and we've had freaking turkeys walk right out into our goose decoys or goose hunting there's so days you we can, go out for geese and we come back with turkeys so you can turkey hunt up there for in the no fall season, season. uh oh, well up here no okay so up here the whole up is from april oh this is whatever the first whatever the first day of the season in michigan is which is usually like early april i think um, and then you get all the, I think the entire month of May. So you get almost two full months of the entire UP private or public to kill a turkey in the spring, but it has to be a time. And then in the lower, I mean, shoot, some of the units in the lower peninsula, you get like seven days, which is, which for the yeah. lower, there's so many turkeys, seven days is usually all you need. But yeah, I literally hunted. Wow. I'm looking at some of the license quotas, September 15th and November 14th, 1500. Oh, is that for is that for up here down by you? Uh, see, that's the perks of having the computer. That's the perks of having the computer going is you can Google things. I'm hoping that somebody will want to be a Googler yeah. for my podcast one day. <laughs> but no, yeah, Shannon, too, man, um, you know, the guy. always kept in always kept in touch with Shannon, and um, you know, I mean, dude, I mean, you talked to him on the phone. I'd say you guys are probably good buddies by now. There's people that I mean, there's people yeah. perfectly healthy that they're 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 not even near a fraction as happy as Shannon is, and I mean the guy was born pretty oh. much with no legs, and he's got one of the best oh, I mean yeah. the best personality and the most winningest attitude of pretty much anybody I've ever met. It's insane. Well, I got no problem, you know, throwing yeah. the guy on my back and carrying him in three quarters of a mile to shoot a bear, and not even thinking about the fact that then we had to carry him and the bear back out, which took four well, times as long. <laughs> well, I do it all over well, again just, if I had to. Well, just think about it this way. We came up with a plan while we were talking. He and I just uh, do it coffin style, carrying the guy through yep. while he gets the free air ride. There's no tippage. Four guys, four or five, maybe six guys all carrying and walking with him. Heck, we can put him down, switch hands, walk again. Yeah, we I mean, got he's what, 100 pounds. 100 pounds heavy, four or five guys, 100 pounds easy walking with him. You'd be like, huh. Oh, we're making good pace now. And it sucks with the, you know, when we put the stuff out on social media and everybody thinks that it's like, Oh, that's such a great thing that you did Scott for Shannon. And it's like, dude, if I, if we didn't have the help that we had, we would have been screwed that I came down with COVID like two weeks before that. 
Um, they told me that the, they recommended a 14-day quarantine, but the CDC was saying 10 days at the time. And the 11th day from my diagno- or from when my symptoms started was when, was when Shannon's hunt was, you know, that was the first day of the hunt. And I mean, dude, I didn't know. I got lucky. I had a sore throat and a headache for about a day and a half and went in for normal blood work a couple days after that and told them, yeah, I had a sore throat and a headache the other day. And they kicked me out of the office, stabbed a Q-tip in my brain, told me I had COVID and I had to lay low until, uh, until my quarantine was up and everything was great. You know, I was, I was back in the gym before that trying to, well, I, I went back to the gym to carry Shannon through the woods for six months. And I think I did legs twice. So it was a lot of bicep curls and, you know, the important things at the gym. Uh, but short of yeah, right. just being Dead winded, you know, I'd carry them, carry them 20 yards and have to hand them off. So it was nice that we had help. If we didn't have the, the guys we had, we would have been in trouble. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that. And I was talking to Shannon when he was saying, I asked him that question. He's like, you know what? My mother and her friend told, asked me that very same question. And now it comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. They're like, carry I- him with the sled. And my dad and I went back and forth and argued on it because uh, originally, no, we had a plan. Uh, somebody gave us a backpack and, and we, I never saw the backpack until the day of the hunt. And it, it seemed like it would be like a, essentially a baby carrier, but for somebody a little bit bigger, you know, secured hiking frame pack that, that we could safely, you know, huck Shannon in the woods. In. And it was just your normal, like, uh, I guess your normal elk hunting pack, hey, with just like that little seat. And it would not have been a very safe way. And when we got to the point where the backpack no. would have been useful, we sent uh, we sent somebody back to the truck to get the backpack, and they ended up with the with the backpack with the bear gutting materials, not the Shannon carrying backpack. So with a sled, it ended <laughs> up you know the trees the trees kept getting skinnier but tighter together, so the sled eventually became obsolete, and it it was piggyback rides from there. Well, at least this way you can actually do it. There's actual ways where you could probably hook it up. T- like uh, with those uh, f- forearm forklifts or whatnot, literally just run I was, the stretchers. Down I was thinking, it. I was thinking a, a normal stretcher, um, but for Shannon's situation, you know, kind of put like a you know a little bit of like a recliner seat in it, and you could put a you know a bar across to keep his feet up off the ground because his boot came off. We almost lost his boot like six times, which everybody thinks it's you know wow. there's some significance in the video when I hand him his boot back. What, what, what does that mean? I'm like, I, I gave my buddy his boot back. I don't want him to lose it. <laughs> uh, no, I think a stretcher would be yeah, the right. safest way. You know, you could have two people and two people in control as opposed to one piggyback. And unfortunately, you, know, you take one wrong step and that could have been a, could have been a much darker situation. Yeah. Oh, especially, yeah. Coming down and crashing down on him or you crashing down on, or somebody else crashing down first. And then, Yeah piggybacking would have been fun but but now we got shannon uh the only things we got left the top three of his bucket list were black bear elk and moose so i figured the easiest tag to get him would be the black bear um we do have some ranches here in michigan uh and even northern wisconsin i've called i uh, not not all of them but in a quick google search i probably talked to seven or eight of them and for a high fence elk, we were talking anywhere in the neighborhood of ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Which I mean, we finished last year with ten thousand dollars in donations. So to spend to spend all that on one animal did not really hunt. It was kind of like, yeah. Um, we did talk the one people, the people that offered him up a pig, uh, eight hundred dollar pig, dude donated for free. So Shannon's on July fourteenth. He'll be uh, he'll be going on a pig hunt. Um, and then we talked one group down to they had a wonky uh, a wonky bull elk. 
for six grand, which is still just unfeasible to us right now. But they do donate. They do offer a, a donate and a transfer program for elk tags here in Michigan, which nice. is a once in a once in a lifetime lottery tag. And I don't personally, I know personally, I know one person that's ever gotten one. And the lady says they do transfer them. So when the results come out here pretty soon, maybe somebody will be nice enough to transfer them a tag, and we'll we'll set the adventure from there. But we're gonna cross yeah. a pig off the list and uh, get back in the gym, get in better shape, and maybe one day we'll be carrying Shannon after a moose. Yeah. I definitely want to be there for that because hey, I want to go. You're part. You're part of the family now, brother. You're part of the family, so you're stuck with us. Well, I want to go get my own moose and my own elk, and and then the nice thing is, um, my own like pigs. Here, like here in Michigan, dude, it's such bullshit. Like if you came to my house and you brought some of your deer, and I told you ahead of time that I would give you some fresh Lake Superior salmon for your deer. That is illegal in the eyes of the DNR up here, like the barter system or something like that. Oh, that's illegal all over the U.S. Okay, now. which is bull, which is bull honky. But for example, Shannon had some deer in his freezer. He brought it up on the bear hunt. You know, we all brought meat. Bring you know, bring your own meat to the party type deal. And oh yeah, I, they all left in a hurry. You know, it was all in the in the hotel freezer. So I, I got everything out and I'm looking at these packs. I'm like, normally you know when a pack that I get says round steak on it, there's four round steaks in here, and this pack's like, I mean smaller than a can of chew. And uh, then I realized that Shannon is the only one in his family that eats wild game. So you better believe it. If he's coming on my back to chase a bull elk or a, definitely a moose and him and that moose is coming out on my back, me and you will split whatever's left. <laughs> oh. No, no, no. Well, you can literally say this and they've actually said this is here. I th- as a thank you, I'm going to gift yeah, you the, the word. I mean, it, it's, like here it's, for the nonprofit thing, if if we have a raffle, we have to pay the state a raffle fee, a raffle license, and set the date and the time and the value and a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo. But there's people that say so much as waffle. We're gonna waffle off this free trip and and yeah, they've been getting away with it. And we just do, you know, make a donation and get entered into a drawing or you know, you yeah, know, you know, free trip giveaway or just I don't the state the state can't return my phone calls and they, they they leave me on hold for so long they just hang up on me so I'm not giving them any money for a while short of my yeah. licenses. Yeah, but yeah, if we ever uh, exchange meat, it will definitely be gifting each other. Hey, that's okay because I got I give the best uh, the best gift of a uh, fresh Lake Superior bourbon. So I'll, 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 for Christmas, um, you'll be getting some bourbon and I'll take some nice corn fed Indiana whitetail. <laughs> uh, uh not around this area they don't no. well actually yes they do i have a cornfield out near my area but mainly uh because i live in a well where i hunt on is either reserve land which you know pre- reservoir land okay there we got a little bit of state forest so i got two reservoirs and a state forest all within 30 minutes of driving Okay. Okay. Now what is your hunting pressure? I mean, is it, is it an orange army out there come rifle season or? Yep. Uh, but then again, the big buck I got was on private. Hey, dude, it's, and that's My why mom, that's, go ahead. Oh, sorry. My mom is stepdad's private land. It's too in far town to be classified as for firearms. There was actually a big incident okay. two years beforehand where the neighbor's kid brought a muzzle loader over and shot a doe. DNR police got called out and they said, you can hunt here, but you cannot hunt with anything other than bow or crossbow. Okay. Yeah. That's how, that's how the town I grew up in was. You can't even discharge a pelican on a muzzleloader, but shoot, yeah. I remember, you know, bow season in Michigan, October 1st. I'm pretty sure it's been like that since as long as I've been alive. 
And then November 15th, we have the rifle line and, you know, the, the, the lower peninsula, anywho, it's like halfway, maybe a little <laughs> south of halfway. And, you know, everything north of that, you can shoot a rifle, everything, you know, and then there's other towns where you can shoot muzzleloaders. But my town, you can't shoot shit other than a bow. My dad and I are out there, my crossbow, my laser sight, everything, my permits, everything in my pocket. He's standing behind me. And, dude, we must have heard at least 35, 40 rifle cracks. Oh and the, the DNR and the cop, they stopped answering our phone calls because they thought we were just, you know, blowing smoke up a pole. And, it, it's, yeah. and we have no baiting, you know, no baiting in lower Michigan. Um, oh. We we have good friends that own own a bait shop down there and that, you know, they could, they're still allowed to sell it. You know, they're not the ones putting it on the ground and we don't put it on the ground. But mm-hmm. I don't get to go into the bait shop very often. So I'm in there for a while, you know, I like well. to talk. And shoot, the one day uh, last year season, I must have watched a dozen people walk out with bait. Yeah. And, well, so there's still a million bait piles down there, and them big mature bucks. I'm sure, as you know, and it's no different than down by you. They they get smart to the smart to the bait piles pretty quick. Um, I don't use bait. Right, that's why you killed a dandy this year. You um, got to be smarter than the you know the animal that's evolved for millions of years to survive and get away from the people trying to kill. Well, them. we have a bunch of does running around our area. In fact, I got uh, a so you, big mama doe that's pregnant right now on it and i got a little buck that i was showcasing he was starting to show antlers about okay. six inches okay but i put a little food plot back there where it's just clover ryegrass chicory and radishes now this year and then i've been putting mineral back down there that okay i've been using lucky buck mineral because it's got a high salt content which keeps them coming back because obviously too much they you know they can eat it and eat it and eat it but if it didn't have the salt content, they would just decimate it within a week. Yeah. But, yeah. but with the salt content, they got to leave, come back, leave, come back because obviously. Yeah. Leave and go get a drink. eh? <laughs> yeah. Which there is a river nearby. So there's oh, okay. a little Wabash okay. uh, river that actually, uh, it's called the little river, actually not the Wabash. I think we call those. I don't remember, but yeah, I live right near a freaking river. So they can get a drink. There's corn nearby, everything. So, and that's within five minutes from each other, basically. So, okay. And I mean, and, are they? I mean, are they pretty protected in that area? You know, your neighbors doing good quality deer management. Uh, not so much because yeah, I don't even think they realize it's going on. And we used to have a neighbor that let her grandson uh, hunt, which he took a buck the year before. And that was a nice 10 pointer that was curled. Okay. So yeah, we've been, this area has, from what I can tell, been producing big bucks. And I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's very similar anywhere that they have a whitetail, but up here we got a lot of the, if I don't shoot them, the neighbor will. Uh, well, eventually, eventually you're the neighbor. <laughs> yeah. So, well, if, you know, if you shoot, you know, you might, you might tag out every two, three, four seasons and eat tag soup a couple seasons, but. When every buck you're posting to Booner, you know, want a very respectable, mature three and a half, four and a half year old deer, and your neighbors are getting salty when they see it on Instagram, they might come around. Yeah, well, when uh, I hear, I see that the United States state record is now an Indiana Boomer. Uh, cool. I'm going to go with yes. And you better lock down as much private ground as you can right now, brother, because as soon as that hits, the, I'm sure it's already all across social media, dude. That's when the the outfitters and the people with all the money come in and they lease up everything. And then well, the little guys uh, fortunately for that crap. guy, fortunate for that guy, he did it on private land too. Okay. Okay. 
But now this, my private lands, maybe eight acres of land. So true. But dude, for example, like I think we have one deer for, or I think a half a deer per square mile around my house. And then for example, not far, we got a partner, uh, Tom Jones with Michigan operation freedom outdoors. They do a lot of veterans and I mean, awesome disabled people, uh, events. They do a lot of deer hunting in the Jackson area, dude, which is, is surveyed at 220 deer per square mile. Now, let's say I bought, there's 10,000 acres that I can go on a four-wheeler on my feet on a pedal bike. I cross one highway. Everything else is dirt trail, gnarly country, and then eventually I hit Lake Superior. Now, I could spend the rest of my life in there trying to maintain that and manage that for trophy whitetails. Well, when the snow hits, those deer migrate south which like not less than 20 miles south of me is a line where does just get massacred. 10, 10 tags per person over the season or, you know, over the counter. Wow. And it sucks because my buddy, my buddy that runs the Facebook group, UP trail cams, uh, he, incredible guy, very knowledgeable on, you know, whitetail management, very, very res has restraint on, you know, not shooting the first buck that walks out. He's got 160 acres, food plots, beautiful blinds, you know, manages everything. And, He's not allowed to shoot does while well, 14 miles south of his property, the 25 does he's been paying to feed all season, they migrate and they get slaughtered. I mean, it's, it's the DNR that some people say stands for, for do nothing right. And, and my job title, my experience with the boots on the ground, I do have respect for, for the, for the COs and, and the D the idea mm -hmm. of the DNR. But as a whole, there's too many people with, with the right intentions, but it's one game, one giant game of telephone, and uh, people are dropping the ball along the way, I think. Well, from what I can tell with DNR and fishing game in general is the, they don't have enough funding to put enough boots on the ground. You've got one warden for, I think, down here, It's I think it's like every 400 acres or something like that or something. I that, dude, it's even worse up here. Like, for example, uh, oh, yeah, you got like 50. There, oh, wasn't a ward, there wasn't a warden in three counties up here for opening day of walleye season. Well, that's yes. when the body, you know, they make a joke up here that youpers can't countermeasure. Well, it's not all yeah. of them, but there's a good amount of them that can't countermeasure. Oh, well, hang on, honey. Come down to the lake. Let me grab it. Let me grab your cooler. I'll give you a new one. Uh, and if you can't eat, I mean, if you go out and catch five walleyes and you can't, you know, you got to go out and catch another five. I don't know. I, I've let, I've let so much stuff in my life go bad in the freezer. And now I feel so bad about it. It's if I can't eat it fresh or, you know, maintain it properly to where it's going to taste good a year, maybe two years down the line, I'm, 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 I'm going to throw it back. Yeah. Well, Indiana has employs 214 game wardens. I don't know what Michigan's got, but I can't imagine it's uh it's, it's definitely not any more than that. I'm looking right now. Oh my god, you can be my Googler. We need to do more podcasts together. You can be my Googler. <laughs> Two hundred and fifty Michigan. Okay, okay. So now what yeah. now I'm gonna test you one more, then I'm done. I'll, done. I'll be done asking you Google questions. What are the what are the whitetail license sales in Indiana versus Michigan? I wonder. Because I Michigan's <laughs> I mean Michigan's been known as, you know, the the and the UP was known as the big buck state. They're my numbers will be my numbers will be way off, but for example, like ten years ago, dude, let's say a hundred thousand whitetails headed south over the Mackinac Bridge. Last yeah. year it was like ten. It's it's been it's been tragic, and a lot of you know a lot of the businesses and and the gas stations, convenience stores, motels, um, they 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 rely a lot on on to the tourist industry up here, and some of the locals don't agree with it, but the economy needs it. Well, in twenty twenty, there were six hundred. 15,948 purchased it in Michigan. 
And is that six six hundred and fifteen thousand? I heard. Yep. Oh, that's a good and amount of licenses. That's a lot of tag soup too. Yeah. White tail. I'm trying to make sure. I did this. How many deer licenses are sold in Indiana? Okay. Indiana sold more than 552,100 hunting licenses and tags in 2006. That does not help me now. No. But I'm roughly the same. Roughly the same. But I'd agree that most of Indiana probably has bigger bucks. And the biggest bucks that I've ever seen in Michigan are in the places that nobody looks. Like we got a 30 acre parcel behind a gas station. Almost every year there's a Boone and Crockett that at least, you know, shows up on camera. Uh, yeah. 80 acre gravel pit, couple booners, um, 60 acre gravel pit, couple booners. Um, our buddy, Sean Kelly, he's a, he's a higher up now in the, um, who white tail. Well, I cannot think of the name, uh, white tail properties unlimited. He's actually helping us out with this, with the lodge property. Uh, we're looking at dude. I'll have to dig up the picture from the archives, but it'll make, it'll make you poop bricks. He, he went in to a parcel that was so small that, uh, he got harassed for being, for being too close to a house you know the 150 yard safety zone so yep. he got out a protractor and found out that he had like a 12 foot by 12 foot area that he was you know he was clear for bow hunting because we're not allowed to shoot anything down there um so he sets his temp lined up in in this you know so he can obey all the rules goes out to hunt an afternoon walks in his temp line's gone well there's a little fresh snow on the ground there's about size five six kid sneakers prince going to the one you know one of these backyards and these kids got this temp line set up playing Fortnite, which is something I probably would have done back in the day. Uh, so he, you know, politely gets his temp line back, goes out and sets it. And that was like right when these ozonator or, uh, you know, what I'm talking about the, yeah, you know, the machine that covers up your scent was coming out. So he sets up one of those things. It's like 10 minutes later, like one seventy five, five and a half, six and a half year old white tail walks out, shoots it. And then he, you know, he never went back in there, but he's the same guy that'll set 15, 20 spots across the state. And when the time's right, he moves, you know, he moves into strike at the right spot. Yeah, I noticed that this past year with my, me especially, it was it just rained. It was windy, as not super super windy, but you know breezy and whatnot. Yeah, and I literally walked down that very field that I was hunting from. I sat down in my blind. Fifteen minutes went by. I heard him grunt for the twice, and then two more grunts came out. The doe came out. They literally could have had seeing me walking out that's how wide open this field is. holy wow i was literally at the left hand side they could have seen me walk out but when holy i went wow. the line she went through she was eating then i saw his rack pop up and then he stopped and i'm not joking you when i got him in my sights he had branches circling his vitals and oh. yeah it was one of those yeah i know where i'm aiming at <laughs> It was a perfect kill shot, double lung, and he did a 180, and it literally popped through one lung perfectly. And when he tur turned, it literally lacerated that other lung completely. Okay. How far are you run? Did, did 20. he go 20? He went 20 and dropped back in there. I okay. mean, it, like I said, the brush area in there is so dense, but it's so open. He could see everything that way come out in the field but you couldn't see him so when he okay. couldn't see anything that happened he calmed down and that's when he crashed that's awesome i was, awesome. I was hope i was hoping to get the dough too but so all said and done to fill your one buck tag how many hours do you think you had in the stand i wouldn't even aim it for him 
<laughs> well, just to just to put your one buck tag on on, on horns, how many hours uh, did you add? Start of October to November eleventh. Okay, okay. Now I know you weren't sitting every day though, were you? Yes. Okay, fair or, enough. All right, matters. I mean, every other uh, every I, there was a few days I wasn't. Excuse me. Okay. For so, example, for my one seven pointer that I got on my you know I filled a tag up here in the UP. I had two hundred and fifty hours on it. Um. And that was the only that was the only horn I had. I did see an eight pointer. I want to say the hunt before, if not the hunt before that, just you know, just the tops of his antlers going through behind the brush. Yeah. Um, and then I go downstate. I for I want to say it was for yeah around the time of my grandma's funeral, so around Thanksgiving time, and um, I sat for one night and about an hour and a half in. Here comes a nice, healthy, mature doe. I put a schwack on her, put a doe tag on it, and uh, it was my time was much better spent. For the freezer, you know, the freezer side of things, just going down there and, and, and tagging out and helping with the dough problem. Dude, it's yeah. so messed up in lower Michigan. Uh, the, the city of Ann Arbor was silly enough to pay somewhere around. It was like thousands of dollars per animal. And they were actually going around neutering and castrating whitetails, tranquilizing them, sterilizing them and releasing them back to help maintain a deer population because they're so anti-hunting. When it makes a lot of sense, dude, to spend $10,000 to to castrate a deer and then he runs out and causes $30,000 worth of damage on the freeway. Yep. They could have spent that $10,000 per uh, what a thousand dollars per deer. So all that money and put in a animal corridor crossing. Yeah. So they got a lot of those out last. Yeah. yeah. An underpass or an overpass that money could have went for there. And then they could have made money off of hunters and had the population reduced a little bit. How old are you now, Sean? I am 37. 37, okay. So remember this conversation 20 years down the line. We'll probably be on episode 2 million by then. You'll be president of the DNR. I'll be vice president. <laughs> and they can just pay us all the money. And we'll solve all the problems way faster, way simpler, and yeah. way cheaper. Well, I am, excuse me, I will be 37. I'll be 37 next month actually i'm turning uh i'm turning 29 uh coming up here in a couple weeks oh you're almost to my age yeah i'm feeling i feel it every day though now that my body my, my body got a little banged up so well, i'm ready to, you wanna, ready to take advantage of the young years i got left now uh, you want to tell me about the body banging oh <laughs> uh, i mean uh wasn't uh wasn't smart enough to put a helmet on on the four-wheeler and got into a fight with the garage door and the garage door looks pretty bad too but uh i think i got the short end of that stick uh Ouch. I thought it was a Fra car accident. No, fractured, fractured my hip, uh, cracked some ribs, uh, broke my collarbone, uh, fractured some bones in my skull and had a bit of a brain bleed for a little while. Ouch. So needless to say, uh, my, I think my grandma, both grandmothers were looking over both shoulders and I think they're the reason I'm alive and got a whole new outlook on life, man. And I've been doing this for 10 years, you know, trying to do what, you know, looking back the best I thought I could do. And starting to realize i've been uh i've been screwing around for a little while so it's 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 time to hit the ground fully and hit the ground running and uh do the best we can with what time we got left to help as many people as possible oh yeah i'm really wanting to get more into you know podcasting and more multimedia anyways and because in your experience from what you've seen other than youtube your youtube channel and a few other youtube channels have you seen uh too much in terms of disabled outdoors media have i seen like like no if anything i haven't seen enough and and i mean going back to how how and when we started hunters for life is 
is we figured, you know, you start a nonprofit organization that offers free trips to people that need it. You you think right out of the gate, you'd be turning people down. And, and we found over the years, overall, dude, it's easier to find people willing to drop everything and volunteer to help somebody out than it is to find the person to take out. Um, we've even had some of the Karens and Richards of the world, um, say, say things as silly as why are you doing so much for Shannon? Um, when, when, Aside from the business side, that Shannon's just the perfect candidate. I mean, how many people do you find that are confined to a wheelchair that are 100 pounds and willing to be piggyback ride in a chase of bear? I'm not the fastest guy in the world, but if things went south, I could have definitely outran Shannon. Uh, yeah. So kind of been working, you know, working together with you, working together with Shannon, you know, being blind as a bat myself, just trying to, you know, inspire other people to, hey, man, like you could either bitch about the problem or you could start to be the solution. And it's as simple as. Maybe you see some guy on the corner on your way to your local boat launch or something like that. And, and you just look at him and you can feel this stuff out. Dude, I mean, come on, dog. Um, emotions are contagious. So I kind of I can kind of feel just by closing my eyes and pointing my head in the direction of somebody if they're genuine or if they're in need of help. And Yeah. There's still, there's not very many good people left in the world, but there's still enough to make the world a little bit better place. So I'm, yeah. glad, that, uh, I'm glad that we got connected, brother. And. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see who uh, who we pick up along the way. And unfortunately, I'm sure you know this, uh, you lose a few along the way. So we're trying to keep yeah. the good ones around now and, and bring a couple more good ones in and yeah. make the best uh, of what we got. Yep. Want to help me get down to Texas this summer? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was asking you, uh, what are you, are you trying to go for a whitetail or cause if, if you wanted to go down there for Sandhill cranes, I would be, I would be all about it. Uh, I got a buddy down there. Uh, Chad, Wally Gura, he, uh, has an outdoor channel and he's wheelchair bound and he offered to uh show me the ropes on waterfowl hunting in in uh el campo texas area okay where well what is i don't really know texas i do have a cousin that lives in houston i do know i want to go to texas and i do know if i won the lottery i would be moving to texas all right well el campo is about 18 hours from me okay okay shoot but i mean it sucks especially waterfall hunting you know you want to bring so much of your own stuff and i want to bring it you know as much of the meat as i don't eat down there back with me so that kind of kicks the boot yeah. to the old airline travel you got to drive you got to bring a truck or yeah you know, right you know well, he I mean, said, well i don't i'd have to ask him about bringing buddies because uh you know especially if that would be the case but yeah i mean he lives actually you said your cousin lives in houston houston yeah yeah, dude, uh, El Campo's literally southeast of Houston. And I'm pretty sure, dude, Houston. like, their their opening day of waterfall season is after our last day of waterfall season. Their opening day is in September, I think. Okay, no, I was wrong then. But, I mean, for example, like, you can you could start hunting up here September 1st, and you could work your way down, you know, down south and then back north, and you could waterfall shoot for yeah. September uh april may some you know so and then go up into canada and crazy buddy oh dude you got me hooked on texas now so tell them that uh tell them that you got the best blind cameraman around and i'll, right. film, I'll film one heck of a video for him well heck go v see a video of uh his on uh that he has it's actually kind of cool they take an actual blind blind guy okay waterfowl hunting okay and he actually bags the birds that's awesome that's awesome and it was it kind of just you know how, how do they go i'd have to watch you'll have to just send me the link to the video i'd even i'm gonna even share the shit out of that that's awesome because i get a lot of i get a lot of crap and when you said that it, it stuck out i saw um or somebody sent it to me it was one of those like snapchat memes 
of uh apparently some like 18 year old kid took his blind buddy out well the blind guy ended up shooting the kid pretty close and luckily it was lighter load so he didn't die but yeah he yeah. had bb stuck in his face and everything and and i posted it and i was like I'm, I'm blind i've been doing this for 10 years and i haven't shot anybody what's going on here I, something like that but yeah uh, dude i'm not joking you that's a 23 hour drive for you uh and i'm just looking up at musening not not marquee well, hey, try to get a plus one. I got an airport 10 minutes down the road. Flights are cheap usually. Um, unfortunately, yeah, right. I typically have to go through Chicago O'Hare, which I say is the butthole of the entire world. Well, um, I uh, literally just changed up the route because I'm looking at it right now to go through my hometown and whatnot, which, yeah, screw it. We're going through my hometown. It's literally a 26 from Musing you'd have to go stretching all the way through Michigan down to my area and we'd be taking <laughs> it down. If for you, it'd be a 26 hour drive. Oh, that didn't do that. So we go to Missouri every spring while well, we've been going to Missouri or Arkansas for the last six, seven years on snow guided snow goose trips. And they seem, I mean, the people get cooler and cooler. The connections get better and better, but the, the, I mean, not the the quantity of the hunting gets worse and worse and worse. So oh, this yeah. year we've, uh, we've got some buddies investing in their own snow goose decoys. Um, and we're actually, we actually planned for December. I think we're going to Missouri for a regular waterfall season. Nice. Um, yeah. I, so don't, I mean, for the blind guy with no driver's license who, who just helps out his buddies with gas money, 26 hours ain't nothing, brother. That's a hell of a nap. <laughs> 18 hour drive for me. Sure. It'll pick you up along the way. Yeah. Right. Get a rental car. <laughs> so just don't get a midsize SUV. We did that and we ended up with a Prius the one year. Um, with old man Johnny, my buddy Alex and I, and then the uh, year before that, it was just my buddy Alex and I, and we got a Kia Soul, which actually was, I, if, if the price was right and I didn't have to think about driving through eight feet of snow, I would definitely own a hundred sled Kia Soul because those things are roomy and definitely gas efficient. Oh, see if you can get a Tesla or something. No, Tesla? No, 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 no Tesla. No Tesla. Get my a, buddy Elon up. <laughs> a, a hybrid i'd go for a hybrid because those things I'm waiting, yeah I mean, shoot, i don't want to be limited to 300 miles i don't even get down i don't even get down to the big box of michigan for 300 no. miles on, on a battery no, i'm waiting it. for the day brother I, I see especially if we get somebody in an office with a brain between their ears i'm seeing a day where they can slap a pair of robotic eyes in my head i'll take them with like you know maybe like a four to 32 power zoom um some built-in crosshairs <laughs> and then at that point, I'd be able to drive. But if they don't want to give me robot eyes, I can definitely foresee a day when uh, when there's a self-driving truck that can back a boat into a boat launch. Oh, I'll tell you what, there's, there's people with 2020. You see the videos all the time. There's people with 2020 eyesight that sure as hell can't back a boat into a boat launch. So the robot yeah. should be able to figure it out. I don't have that good of uh, driving skills, in my opinion. So <laughs> Hey, at least you're honest about it. Yeah, I would ask, actually, I think I'm going to ask him right now because I can pull him up, too, because I got him talking to him uh but yeah i'll ask him a little bit later because i have to think about what i'm saying too oh so, it's been scrambled eggs for the last two months <laughs> <laughs> so what's in the future for hunters for life other than as of right Shannon? now um we're just trying to really i mean the same thing that should be on everybody's mind right now is just trying to be more self-sufficient more self-sustainable um yeah I over noticed. the years we've 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 tried out charter captains from just about every port all around the great lakes and some of them are great guys almost all of them have been great guys but just on, with the, the cost of everything going up you know people are paying six seven bucks a gallon at a marina gas pump yeah and it, and it and it's unfortunate you know when you're asking these guys hey i you know can you donate some of your livelihood to help you know help somebody out 
So eventually, right now, the the short future is is we're, we're working on process. Or well, let me let me get my words together. We're working on purchasing a twenty acre parcel, and what we found over the last ten years, being you know fairly centrally located, to get to the best of the best of what what we have to offer up here. Uh, we're going to build a small lodge on it. We might actually be moving a uh, a seventeen by thirty one barn that was constructed out of all logs uh, back in 1898, all dovetailed corner. I mean, beautiful. The logs are still all rock solid. They're better than the NMU dorms that they just built uh, five years ago for, nice. for structural wise. So hopefully we'll be able to purchase this property here soon, waiting to get, get in contact with the surveyor. They don't work as fast as we do. Move yeah, a cabin right. down there and then not have to pay, you know, all the time for a hotel room for people and be able, oh. you know, be able to bring, you know, offer a free bear hunt, but also be able to offer free lodging. Um, we've gotten lucky with either, you know, getting one night of five donated or, you know, all five nights discounted or, you know, some people have offered just, you know, donate their camp to stay in. But when yeah, times are getting tougher, man, it's 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 hard to ask for, you know, favors that, you know, people will give you. So yeah, it's nice to, to be able to do it ourselves. Yeah, that self-sufficiency is nice. I mean, I've seen the videos of all the logs you've been milling and worst case scenario is what you could do to open up the uh 20 28 acre parcel or 20 it's, acre. it's 20 acres of, of of high ground you know nice dry ground soil it's all about 15 to 20 you know feet above water level and it is there's not even a bush in there dude it's all cedar logs oh. which in the little bit of you know the little bit of knowledge i found with you know with sawmilling is if you, you for one you'll never lose money on a sawmill you'd have to you'd have to break it before you put it together to lose money you on could it. literally do a select cut uh timber harvest with that and literally buy the pay off the land with yep, your yep. timber. and we've talked we've talked about that but as of right now um we do have and, it's sounding like we have an investor back in it back in us so it'll be a one-time cash you know nothing over our head hopefully um but if if that's the case i gotta obviously push a driveway and i gotta you know clear a lot so i'm gonna mill all that cedar uh we're gonna be able to build deer blind you know handicap accessible deer blinds and bear blinds and saunas and whatever else we want about you know build and if times get tougher and we have to, you know, use the sawmill for profit, you yeah. got no problem up here selling, you know, selling cedar siding, you no know, nice plain tongue and groove or even rough song. Yeah. Got my boy trying to mess with me behind me. Oh, you're doing, you're, you're doing a better job concentrating than, uh, than I am. I got this phone still. I mean, I can only silence it, but I haven't figured out how to quit the text messages and phone calls from coming in. I just been keeping an eye on my app because this free, uh, I think it's called Ferret or Faraday or it's a F-E-R-I-T-E. Um, it only records an hour long chunks. And I remember the first podcast I did, I just, I just started rambling, man. And next thing you know, <laughs> it stops recording. I've been talking for two hours. I got to go back and figure out where I left off. So, well, that's a good thing about this is I can double, do double recordings. And, and when I get, now yeah. that I've kind of went through my friend group of the buddies that I want to have a conversation with, I'm going to have to start looking out for, you know, the people that I've, dude, I got people I'd call my best. And I'm sure you do too now. People that I call good buddies or even my best friend that I've been talking to over social media for the last 10 years and never even met in person. Oh, I know that. A lot, of great, a lot like, of great people. I'd like to be starting to do that too, because be able to travel and talk to people in real life versus online, which is nice, but at the same time. Seeing, I mean, seeing the faces definitely makes it a little bit better. And you're, you know, you're, you seem to be an energetic, enthusiastic person. So you can kind of yeah. feed off, the, you know, the energy levels through the computer. But yeah, nothing like, uh, nothing, uh, nothing like, like nothing like sitting with decoys in front of you, bull crapping. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And that's our play. We got a buddy. Um, we got a buddy, uh, Steve, that uh, 
He's actually the one that helped me put my sawmill together. He knows way more about mechanical yeah. things and all that. He's forgotten more than I'll ever know. Uh, he's building, I want to say it's a 20 by 20 post frame, you know, just shop uh, at his property. And he's talking about putting a, uh, putting a, you know, fully soundproof podcast studio up in the loft. So if we oh, get the ball wow. rolling, you know, on a place like that, I can go down, I can sawmill for a couple hours and bullshit and podcast for, you know, the rest of the evening or, you know, have a bonfire, get the smoker going with something or. Yeah. I'm sure you realize that the majority, I mean, this is fun. Dude. Of all the stuff on social media I've ever done, podcasting is the most enjoyable. Yeah. I, I saw your smoker. It's a master built, which is nice. Yeah. Yep. I, I got, got that one. Uh, I want to say three, two or three years ago now, Santa brought me that one. And I, I, I've only smoked jerky in it. I haven't done anything else yet. Yeah. I smoked uh, burgers the other day. Smoked burgers. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, here's a question for you. I got. Uh, I don't know how many I got. I think I got three brook trout, about seven, eight inch brook trout. Got it in my fridge right now. How would you cook them? Oh, that well, looks good. Yep. They were literally had a smoke ring on them. 225 for till whenever they were done. Okay. And then I had with that master built 560, I cranked it up to 400 and I had a flare up from the grease from the burgers. That was okay. half venison, half A85. Brook okay. trout. Well, I haven't done anything other than salmon and uh, sock. I haven't done anything from Atlantic salmon, sockeye salmon, and good lord, what's the other one I did? But and you've been buying those, dude. Don't 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 be smoking any more salmon because eventually our paths are going to cross, and I'm going to bring you so much more salmon than you'll know what to do with. Because <laughs> I end up with more salmon than I know what to do. Well, with. the good thing is, is I follow Alton Brown on this one. Okay, I do a enough. cure. I do a cure. And people say this is the best thing that they've ever tasted, and I don't have anything else to go off of, so I'm just going with it. What I did was follow his recipe of a cup of salt, a half a cup of brown sugar, a half a cup of regular sugar, and then I added a little bit of garlic and pepper in there, you know, for seasoning a little bit. And then I put uh, aluminum foil down, saran wrap down, and then I sprinkled uh, generously the cure underneath it then put the okay. them a uh, scale side down not sk- well skin side down. side down okay then because i had two fillets so i actually had to follow the exact thing he did in the video and then i put more on and then i had the other fillet i did the exact same thing to its uh meat and then i flipped the whole thing so that the meat was touching the meat cure in between it it made sure it was definitely even with the meat section and I put the rest of the cure on top of the skin on top. Then I wrapped it up with the uh, the saran wrap and then the aluminum foil, and I crunked it. To, uh, I crunched. I crimped. I knew it. I smell while you're stepping in there. <laughs> yeah, crimped it together very tightly, and I had a uh, dry uh, a jerky rack that I use as an air rack, a cooling rack, and whatever. It's a multitasker for me. And a metal pan. I put it in the fridge at the bottom of and the bottom. And then I put uh, a cutting board and two plates on top to compress it all. Okay. Get that nice compression. And I, yeah. I cured it for 22 hours. Okay. Then I took them out, rinsed them off, and then let them air dry for about 20 minutes to an hour. And then I had my smoker going at 225. Place, and what I did was because it, it comes very delicate at a certain Is time. 225 you know, your go-to? Yeah, two twenty five is my okay. go to. Uh, I I know. Wait, no, 
that was not it. I did, I think, one seventy-five. And I noticed with mine, yeah, I used to, I used to do my jerky at one seventy-five and pour chips in there. Well, come to find out, when I went to, well, when I figured out on my fourth or fifth run where the chips actually went, that yeah. I wasn't actually, you know, I wasn't igniting any of them. Um, so I've been cranking. I've been going like two to two ten, and that seems to actually burn the chips and you know put an actual smoke flavor into the. Oh, excuse me. I was doing one seventy-five. Okay. okay, that's what I did. But no, I cut it up into sections, you know, maybe three inch sections or something okay. like that, and then place them on the smoker because, you know, you can do the whole slab, but at the same time, after a while, it gets <laughs> it better. Yeah. So that was actually making it easier for me to grab and grasp. But then I got it up to 165, I think was the temperature I wanted, or 145. And yeah, I just followed the instructions on what temperature to get it to. And it looked beautiful. It smelled beautiful, and it tasted great. Cause That's all that matters, man. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't taste up to standards, it's never hard to get rid of smoke smoke fish in general. Say, or smoke salmon. Say hi to the compression system. Have you ever that. heard of uh, Have you ever heard of salted sucker? No, I have not. This is an old that- man Johnny's secret. I've yet to try it, and he's going to make it for me before I have to shovel dirt on his head. Yeah. But you go out this time of year. Usually, it seems the the smelt run. And then the suckers run up, usually with or, you know, right after um, that. Even though we just get a mess load of suckers. And we use them a lot for jigging for lake trout, you know, make yeah. great update. But the salted sucker recipe is you take a big pot, the biggest one you can get your hands on, and you put a layer about a half inch to an inch of salt in the bottom of the pan, a layer of sucker fillets, a layer of salt, a layer of sucker fillets. You do the same oh. thing, or you put a pot on or a, 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 a lid on it, a rock to hold it down for the compression. And uh, you let oh, it sit. He's, he's you let it sit for four weeks, and then uh, yeah, salted sucker. I mean, yeah, it's curing it. It's an old school. Uh, it's oh, that's, an old school method. He went, but I'll tell he you went what, preservation, you man. People, oh yeah, you tell people that though. They're not. They're not in a hurry to you know get an invite for dinner. That's for sure. Four weeks. That is. That's definitely preserved. You ain't gonna yeah. see a single bit of bacteria. That's what was smoking it looked like. Oh, that looks okay. Okay, now. I've been I've been hesitant to to smoke fish in my smoker because you hear the rumors that you'll never be able to make meat not taste like fish. Well, well obviously you've done both. So what's been your experience? Uh, people say that's the best uh, salmon they've ever had. So, and I've was never was a fish guy till I did that. Well, you also don't have access the easy access to real fresh salmon. Hey, it, was a, it was Costco's best Atlantic salmon. It was Costco's best pen raised Atlantic salmon. Oh imagine. no, they said it was wild. It, they said it was wild caught Atlantic. Wild caught. It, it was probably wild and net them all out of a pen. I would imagine. Well, they also had farm raised too. Farm raised. Farm, okay. Farm okay. raised was thicker and wider and longer. You know, bigger fish. I was in, huh, but this it been. was. But it wasn't as red. You could tell okay. the difference. Oh, man. Yeah, it, t- it takes a while to get there from Alaska or Chile or wherever they come from. Yeah, I was. Right. I, this would have been 2000. Before I got into Hunters for Life Foley and all this, I was in network marketing for a while, which was incredible for me. Um, you know, I got, I got to meet some great people. I got to learn a lot. I got a lot of confidence. Um, but I was in Vegas for one of the conventions. Yeah. And my buddy, uh, Paul Gedeke, he, he was big into sushi. And this was a five-star sushi restaurant. I'm like, dude, we're in the middle of the desert, but I trust you. Let's go. And I've never been. I, I one of my favorite aunts is, is is Korean, and I mean, amazing chef. And I, but I've never been able to learn chopsticks. So I was trying to you know do the whole nine. And I had a piece. It was like raw tuna or a piece of raw I've fish. I've learned it. 
and and I accidentally, dude, I only held it. I was probably only 10, 12 inches above the little bit of soy sauce left in the dish. And uh, well, how is that phone even ringing now? Um, it dropped and completely. I, and I and I dropped it, dude. And like there wasn't a square foot of this building that didn't have a speck of soy sauce on it. So I think they were pissed at me. I heard a bunch <laughs> of language I didn't understand. Ooh. Well, fast forward about 18 hours, I got food poisoning. Oh. Coming out both ends, and I had to jump on a plane like 10 hours after that. So I'm dying in the hotel room. The AC is too cold. It's too freaking hot outside. And then I had to jump on a plane, hold it in until I got to Chicago O'Hare and go into the bathroom with 400 million other people. And yeah, now I have a rule. I will not eat, definitely will not eat sushi unless I can see the ocean. And uh, I don't know. I got access to Lake Superior, which is the cleanest water around, man, and the, the freshest fish. So it's it's hard to, uh, like, for example, do we do a yearly family vacation? And my mom is still silly enough to go to Costco, actually, Costco or Sam's Club, and mm. buy the $19.99 a pound <laughs> wild salmon. My mom, I got vacuum sealed. 15 what? king salmon in my freezer right now anywhere from 10 to 25 pounds i live by myself i catch one king salmon dude if i was eating that every day i'd be good for a month if you ship me if you could ship me that i would take it but obviously you can't ship salmon you have to bring it to you personally right i mean we we were fortunate no. enough so my dad before no because you can't transfer it over lines and shipments well, I thought. well well you go it's, some things sean it's better to ask forgiveness than permission uh, uh, so my dad before I'll before he had kids, edit out. <laughs> um, no, that's fine. Um, before my dad had kids, you know, he was all over the place: British Columbia moose hunts, uh, up in Alaska, you know, fishing trips down in Florida, you know, staying on a boat for ten days. And he fell in love with Alaska, so he said, "I don't care what I have to do when my kids are sixteen; they're both going to see Alaska." And my sister, she'll go fishing, she'll go deer hunting, but she didn't get the bug quite as bad as I did. So she's four years older than me when they went. I want to say they flew into Anchorage, rented a car for 10 days, put like 2,600 miles on a rental car all over. I mean, the Nash, everywhere they could go. And the whole time my sisters got, you know, when it was the point and shoot cameras before the iPhone 42 mm -hmm. and left the camera at the airport, dude, 10 days worth of pictures mm -hmm. across, like almost all, you know, across a good chunk of Alaska. Uh, so I heard, I heard about the story <laughs> and I, you know, when it was my turn to go, I was like, he said, what do you want to do? And I'm like, dude, I'd I just want to fish. Like, as long as we get to fish the majority of the time we're there and not just be in a rental car, I'm okay. And he found a smoking deal. It was a 98 foot, um, fishing yacht built in like 1910 or it was like a hundred years old, beautiful, immaculate wood. Dang. So it was my grandpa, my dad, me. So three generations, my, one of my dad's best friends and his kid. Uh, we fly from Detroit to Seattle, Seattle to Juneau, Juneau to St. Petersburg, and St. Petersburg to Wrangell. And that, like, as soon as we got to Seattle, the planes got smaller. The islands got smaller. It was, it was, and then we jumped on this fishing boat for seven days. And we caught halibut. We caught salmon. We caught lingcod, um, a bunch of rockfish. We were catching Pacific cod, which is what most people put in, you know, their fish sandwiches, I guess. And we were cutting those buggers up and using them for bait. Uh, <laughs> got, our, you know, our own crab pots, our own shrimp pots. Uh, fed us like kings. And, yeah, we had everything um, flash froze and vacuum sealed on the boat and shipped back. So, you know, obviously I would have to send you a birthday present, but some dry yeah. ice and then, you know, an overnight package in Indiana and don't ask, hey. don't tell, we might be able to get her done. Yeah, well, I would much rather just bring it with me afterwards. Or or just bring it with you when I come see you. Yeah, right. But yeah, I have a deep freezer and I had a very nasty spell with that. Uh, it was 
we had something jar the deep freezers plug in. So we, I went in to go grab something to dethaw, and it was cold, but dethawed oh. everything. I have a nine pound pork butt in there. I have almost, I think I still got about 30 to 40 pounds of burger left. How, how long was it unplugged for you, Rackin', before? Uh, were, were you smelling it? No, you were. We weren't smelling it. Thank goodness. Oh, that's it was not even cold. that's not even a bad story then. I mean, no, it everything out, it was everything, everything was uh, dethawing, so the blood was leaking out of the package. But uh, you know, it was still cold. So, and I just had mixed ha- two pounds of it with two pounds of cow yeah. for my burgers. So, Ugh. and I'm I'm doing all right, and I go with you cook it right, it's gonna taste right. So, yeah. Yep. And shoot, dude, I short of, um, I do, I do still buy some bacon. Um, but other than that, I haven't bought meat from a grocery store in over two years now. Everything comes, everything comes out of the woods, out of the water, out of the sky. Other um, than I just, chicken. Dude, I, still I can't like- even eat chicken. I can't even eat chicken anymore. Like, don't get me wrong. I would, I would sit down, put a one and a half, two pound steak in front of me, the finest beef, and I'll eat it the happiest man alive. But for 25, 30 minutes after that, I'm keeled over with stomach pains and I'm spending a half an hour in the bathroom. But I'll tell you what, I could eat a pound of bear, you know, a pound of bear burger, you know, a chunk of bear backstrap, and I'm ready to go throw logs over my shoulder and run through the jungle like Tarzan. I have yet to have bear. Dude, well, you got to apply. Well, we're too late now, but you might as well. Does Indiana even have, I'm sure you have bears, but you don't have a season or anything, do you? We do not have a breeding pair yet. Yeah, we've say. been getting we've been getting sightings of bears but we don't okay. have a verified uh verified that's the word i was looking for yeah we don't have a verified black bear population so to till that happens uh we will not be able to hunt till they actually get black bear and heck i hope that the guy down the road and i'm not kidding you five da- five minutes down the road from me there is a bison farm oh yeah What's he got, well, we looked into that for Shannon too because we have those up here. And I well, think it was it, like uh, twenty six hundred for for a bison. I don't know. I haven't. I could, don't know. I'd have to go to his house and ask because he was originally charging it for meat. You know, he'd shoot, uh, okay. kill the animal, butcher it, and then sell it. But it's uh, they're split from plains and woods bison. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, I I see bison every day as I come home from work. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I know what to look at. I know what I'm looking at when I see a bison. <laughs> You're looking at a lot of meat in the figure. When I look at a bison and when I look at an elk and when I pretty much look at anything bigger than the bear I shot and I'm looking at a purchase at Menards for a second freezer. Yeah, pretty much a second <laughs> freezer. So you see the poster behind me right now. That would be where the uh, deep freezer's going. Okay. Okay. Mine. Hey, there you go. I mean, now would be the time to buy them if you can find them, man. Because I think uh, a lot of people are starting to prep a little later than a little, little, little later than they should have. So freezers have been crazy ever since COVID started. But I don't think they're going to get better. Well, I got one deep freezer right now, so and it's pretty empty, which is half empty, anyways. It's got a lot of meat in it, but. Uh, other than that i'm th- I'm even thinking about putting you know putting in a garden dude i went to our local grocery store today and i bought you know nonsense i bought two things or eight sticks of butter four body armor energy drinks um mm. a gallon of milk a half gallon of chocolate milk three onions um oh you else? got a stand mixer no but i it was it wasn't even a full bag and two cases of dasani water because my buddy's a distributor mm. for them and i had a 114 dollar bill 
And I'm like, dude, if I would have spent 140, like I couldn't, if I I'd have to eat butter and drink milk, like how do, how, how do people that not hunt? Like, obviously the people are so big because you can't afford to eat healthy unless you hunt. Hey, here's something. Uh, get a KitchenAid stand mixer. Okay. And get uh, wh- heavy whipping cream. Okay. Put it in the stand mixer. Make sure it's closed up so you don't get splash damage. And just whip it till it turns to butter. Okay. You'll get uh, culture, not culture, but buttermilk okay. and butter. And then you can add herbs and whatnot to the butter after you wash it out and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, there's literally a YouTube video to showcase all that, obviously. But, yeah, I yeah. had my my last bear two seasons ago up here. It was actually a Boone and Crockett skull. Um, I didn't even know anything about it, nor do I really care too much about being in the books. Um, I'd like to be 3, 380, 388 pounds live. And, uh, dude, I, 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 let, I gave away every bit of fat. I either let the butcher throw it away or my buddy, my buddy wanted some at the time, and I ended up with a chunk in a contractor bag, just the back fat chunk that was probably well over 100 pounds. Oh. And then I started listening to the meat, you know, more into the meat eater and the bear, definitely the bear grease podcast. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, freaking, I'm realizing what I threw away. Yeah. Baking, cooking, uh, cooking, everything. baking, so, everything, everything, everything. I uh, mean, bear yeah. grease was currency before social media. <laughs> well, yeah. well, before social media, but I still need to get my uh, liver from my big buck back from my brother. Cause I gave it to him and he hadn't done anything with it. Thing is literally size of a dinner plate and three inches. Thick. I believe I'm not, you know, I, I, I'll try, I'm a try anything once kind of guy and, and my buck, uh, old man, Johnny and I, we just processed it right there in his yard and cleaned it up in his kitchen. And, you know, shoot, we were still packaging meat when the, you know, when the liver was cooling and I don't get me wrong. The taste was good. The health, you know, the health benefits, I could choke it down. Some, I think it was the texture, the yeah. texture, like the aftertaste. Uh, I ate it once. I don't, I'll, I'll bring you my livers from now on. How about that? Um, I haven't done anything <laughs> yet with it, but I'm thinking about doing a liver pate. Liver pate. Okay. We did eat some burbot liver, my buddy and I, um, yeah. ate like a cracker spread, looked and yeah. smelled, looked and tasted kind of like guacamole, smelled yeah. like, smelled like a, a, a locker room at a senior citizen home. Uh, wow. and we ate, I think, I mean, do the liver on it. It was only like a 22 inch bourbon, but this liver was probably six, seven inches long. Um, wow. They got a good filtration system. We ate like a cracker and a half's worth. And I look at my buddy and it wasn't like sick, but I look at him like, dude, do you feel a little funny? He looks over at me. He's like, yeah, kind of. And I, and, and looking back on it, dude, I think it was the onset of mercury poisoning. <laughs> Actually, because they spend so much time so deep and they eat so many fish. They're, they're a huge predator fish. Yeah, I think with uh, liver, especially when you uh, eat it, it has uh, a lot of nutrients that the body needs, especially since we're getting in uh, 30s and 40s now. Oh, yeah. It'll actually give you energy make you feel a little funny because just, that's got, what the body's supposed to feel like at its optimal level, you know, and you're just yeah, kind of it gives you stuff. It's going to give you a boatload of iron and everything else so your body's gonna take it so i'd like that i'm gonna i have to figure that out with that you do any uh you got a green thumb at all you do any gardening down there or anything yet yeah this is our fourth year gardening last year we did a greenhouse till the winter winds literally crushed the greenhouse oh no kidding uh the year before that we had uh deer and other varmints eating our stuff. I mean, literally watermelons getting crushed no completely. Kidding, Pumpkins gone. Uh, plants just getting decimated this year. We've got a fence around it. It's 
uh, really amateur finch, but we hey, uh, better than what you had. Yeah, right. We've got three rows of corn. We've got one Carolina Reaper plant, one okay. habanero plant, one sweet pepper plant, four bell pepper plants, three tomato plants, uh, one cherry, one ray, uh, gold cherry bloom or whatnot. No, we got a cherry plant, a jubilee plant, and then uh, purple Cherokee. We've got two types of watermelon, uh, squash, uh, not squash, cantaloupe and honeydew. Whatever takes from those, we'll harvest if they don't get destroyed. We've got pumpkins growing, and we've got cucumbers, grapes. You know what the crazy thing is? You have more. You have access to more variety and more more health benefits in your backyard than I do at my local grocery store. Right. Well, oh, part of my hundred and fourteen. The only fruit I could purchase in my hundred and fourteen dollar bag is I got a quart of blueberries. Oh, we actually have come this fall. There's an apple orchard that opens up, and we can get fresh apples okay. right off the tree. We've got uh, a buddy of mine, actually. He and his wife started up a farm just outside of Markle, and they're delivering to grocery stores now. And, yeah, they literally turned their entire farm into uh, – it was you know a country house with a bunch of land. Yeah. And they've got chickens. I think they said like 120 chickens. Yeah, it seems like the people that still, you know, realize the value of time and have a bit of a work ethic and kind of can see, you know, the writing on the wall, they're starting to, like like we were talking about earlier, becoming more self-sufficient. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to be able to be more self-sufficient so I can turn this into the full-time job versus working. Hey, versus, the, versus the side hub, the side hustle, the side hustle, yep. Yep, and so that's what I'm going to be working on anyways. No, I'm gonna do. I do the same thing. Like when I monetize the YouTube channel, is I just linked it right to the nonprofit bank account. So every dime that came into YouTube went straight to Hunters for Life. And when hopefully one day sponsors start offering, or you know, I, I find out like you were telling me that I actually have to go out and look for the sponsor. Um, we'll just do the same thing. You know, it'll all get donated back. And because people like up here, man, it's pretty simple. You can live pretty comfortably off of ten thousand dollars a year. And uh, being able to just just hold a camera and travel to, for example, go to British Columbia with Shannon to go kill a moose. I I, I could never pull the trigger on another animal in my life. And getting to do what I do every day, I, I die a very happy man. Yeah. You, what was the thing that you went to college for again? Oh, hunting and fishing is what I tell most people. Uh, yeah. No, but I studied uh, I studied communications. I majored in communications and uh, unfortunately minored in economics, dude. And I didn't pay much attention. I did good in my economics classes, but. I swear to gosh, I, I know more about how money works and how the world works than most of the people that yeah. control the dang place. So I wish I would have never minored in that. Yeah. You said that you went to Arizona with a guy. And I'm trying to get backtrack because it's about six. My first, my first uh, yeah, my first bear hunt was out. Uh, I got my first black bear out in the White Mountains of Arizona. Um, I can't remember the town for the life of me. Um, guy gets a hold of me like three weeks before this or a month before this hunt's going to happen. And I, I was very green at the time. Um, this would have been 2016, 15, somewhere in there, probably. <laughs> and he goes, Hey man, like this is my organization. It's uh, sportsmen for heroes foundation. Great. You know, great group. Um, they help quite a bit of people offer some great trips. Uh, goes, Hey, can you find me a kid for this bear hunt? It's in three weeks. And I go, okay, buddy. Well, uh, I'll see what I can do. And at the time I had the phone number for three, maybe four parents that, you know, had kids that 
could be interested in this. And obviously they couldn't, you know, get the time off to travel all the way across the country in three weeks notice. And that ate me up for a little while, Sean. I remember it was probably, uh, probably a week, week and a half out from the hunt. I, I finally had the balls to call the guy back and I'm like, dude, I am sorry, man. I can't find anybody. And I was torn up. Uh, yeah. And he just come. Hey, you said you were, you know, legally blind, right? And I go, well, yeah. And he goes, you, you want to come? I'm like, uh, uh, yeah. So I knew nothing. I didn't know, you know, anything about, I didn't even know Arizona had black bears, let alone you know, know. What, what was entailed. So I get, thank God I got a deal on a last minute flight. Uh, seems like you either got to be super ahead or super last minute with the flights to get any bit of a deal anymore. Well, uh, uh, the plane ticket round trip was like 300 bucks, flew out there, uh, fifth day of the hunt. Ended up with my first ever uh, black bear, a smaller blonde cinnamon color phase bear, which is something we don't get a crack nice. at very often here in Michigan. So, well, I know I've been watching some YouTube and whatnot, and there's a uh, website called Fair Drop that gets the best deals. So, okay, okay, yeah, I don't have any. I don't. I'm pretty. Uh, do they have to have the jab now to get on an airplane? I don't, I don't think so. I don't okay. think so, but no, there's like a login or whatnot. You can do pricing, how it works. Okay. You can literally okay. pick an economy plan or business plan for, and it bills you essentially. It's, oh, it looks like you're billed annually for it. So that's how you can get okay. it. Um, yeah, we got a buddy on Kansas. I mean, like, like we were talking about the friends we haven't met over social media. It's like three, four years now we've been trying court. He's busy. He's an army recruiter. Um, he's even busier than I am. And we've just been trying to coordinate, you know, get down there. But this is a guy I haven't met, Sean, who said he'd be willing to, all I have to do is fly into the closest airport to where he's hunting, pick me up, you know, let me stay for free. All I got to do is, you know, hold a camera a bit of the time, hunt when I want or film when I want. And, you know, just help him with advertising and I have yeah. to obviously have a damn good time when I'm down there. So that's how, that's how the industry can be. And that's how I want to see the industry in the future. Yeah, that's what I'd like to see. It's like, hey, just share the crap out of my page because you've got way more people looking at your hunters for life oh. than I am. My oh, stuff. I'll share. I'll share it out, but brother, don't be expecting. Don't be expecting to, you know. And I'm not saying this by any disrespect by any means. Oh, I know. If, if I could drag you along, I could, dude. But for example, like my engagement, um, you know, the hunters for life page has been around for ten years on Facebook, and I think we're just just north of three thousand likes, but yeah the hunters for life instagram back in the back in the day i was just mad following when there was no limit on the amount of people you could just blindly follow i was spending hours and hours and hours following thousands of people a day a couple hundred would follow me back i'd have to unfollow a bunch of people to make room to follow more yeah and now we're sitting i think i had that page up to somewhere around one hundred forty thousand followers now we're down to like ninety-seven thousand. and some of my like i'll post a picture of shannon with a turkey i'll get 12 likes nobody will comment but, oh, uh, yeah. no, I mean, we just got to, we just got to stay in touch, man. Keep doing our things together and, and help each other along the way. And it, it might happen tomorrow. Probably not. But if we, if we, if we stay dedicated, brother, we're, we're both going to the top and we're hey, going to take a couple people with us. Hey, I don't mind. I'm actually doing pretty good at, uh, what I'm doing. I mean, I've actually up to 151 followers right now. So that's better. Hey, you gotta I start, think. but your 151 might be better than my fucking, or my, uh, I think I'm down to somewhere in 120 something thousand on my personal Instagram, but, and then TikTok, my personal TikTok, I have 11 point something thousand and I'll post a TikTok and it'll, it'll get 24 views. And like, I accidentally scroll through and skip past a lot more than 24 videos when I'm scrolling on TikTok. So there's something with that shadow ban thing that I didn't want to admit was real for a while, but 
podcasting, YouTubing, and just posting videos of what we're doing through a day. That's been what, what's been keeping me sane, and I've been having fun doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the plan for me, and I know I just literally was spacing out there. <laughs> well, you're good, you're good. Um, I probably got, I mean, I'm looking at, I probably got almost two hours worth of stuff recorded. Um, yeah. so I'm good. I'm good whenever, but uh, Hey dude, you got, you got my phone number that 906 one. Just send me whatever link you share. Um, just send me that right when your episodes come out. I won't forget. I'll throw that in the stories and then, um, yeah, let me know if, if you're ever short for a guest or something. I can, I can always, you know, do my best to make time for you. Oh um, yeah. Man, don't mention it. And, this and I'm going to do the same thing. So, Hey, this is great. We were able to actually talk for, and can you see my face? Because my face has been frozen on my end for quite a while now. Oh, I, your face has been moving the whole time, man. Well, so. I've been looking at I'm looking at myself like this right now, and I've been I've been like this oh, for like twenty minutes. Enough. That's funny. <laughs> no, no, you're doing pretty good. Oh. Uh, it just it, I got pretty good uh, self uh, Wi-Fi and whatnot hooked up. Actually, my <laughs> computer that I'm using is actually mainly hooked up to the actual internet. So okay, it okay. gets direct link. Thank goodness, but. No, my office is very messy right now, but as soon as I get this little room cleaned up, now that I'm now that I'm just seeing what you got going on over here, I'm almost seeing putting another, you know, putting my GoPro up or something in the corner and yeah. trying to do because there's no way I'd be able to do like the probably the most enjoyable podcast I've done yet was when me and old man Johnny were just going trout fishing, dude. So half of it was filmed in the car, half of it was filmed walking down the river. Like there is no way I could put together a three hour video yeah. to go with a three hour podcast and be able to do that three times a week by myself. It's just, there's not enough freaking time in a day. Yeah, but, no. but if I'm actually sitting in, you know, if I have a guest like you, that's mobile, I could definitely throw a camera up and just try really hard not to say, you know, things that'll get me canceled. And then eventually yeah, right. not listen to the entire podcast to, to well, cut out the stuff that'll get me in trouble. Well, I eventually want to move it from the family room up to my office, my hunting room, which is actually where I keep my waiters and everything else. Okay. Yeah, you get some cool stuff in the background. And then all you'd have to do is do screen recording on your end. You know what I mean? And you can yeah. Get- the one I, uh, the plan I purchased for mine, basically, for recording doesn't record video. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But eventually can do that. But. So what is your plan? Like, are, are you allowed so many hours per month or is there anything like that? Yeah, there's an allowance of whatnot, but I don't really go don't beyond it. Okay. So. Okay. So do you want to do any shout outs uh, to any of the people? Uh, Honestly, brother, I want to give a, uh, I want to give a big shout out to you. Um, and you, do know, you being, being a, being a fellow to say, uh, sorry, huh? do you want to, do you want to plug anything else also? <laughs> Oh, I just yeah. I guess I could just plug the Hunters for Life social media. I could care less about my. I could care less about my own stuff. All right. Um, all right. So shout out to shout out to you, Sean. You know, there's a lot of disabled and there's a lot of healthy people out there that are not doing much of anything, and they're definitely not happy. Yeah. So for somebody you know in our shoes to go out and and Shannon, for example, huge shout out to him. Somebody in a pretty rough predicament to not let it not let it uh, set the course for their life is is pretty spectacular. Uh, I guess I got to do a plug. I, I can't do a merch plug anymore because I'm sick and tired of paying $30 a month to have a website and sell one t-shirt on in a month. And I'm, I'm going backwards on that. Right. But if you want to check us out on the social medias, you can find us across everything. Just search Hunters for Life. Uh, that'll probably pop up on top and then it'll be followed quickly by uh, all my Scott Evans uh, profiles out there. Right. I could care less about myself. It's all about all about the organization, brother, and all about helping people. Yep. Well, uh, thank you for coming on and I hope that you and your organization 
uh, succeed and where you want to go and that your podcast gets well and we meet past in the future actually talking to one another in real life. We're going to make it happen, brother. Hopefully it'll be, hopefully you'll be one of the first podcast guests at the new, the brand new and hopefully first of many Hunters for Life Lodges. So who knows, maybe we'll go from the UP down to Texas and we probably won't want to come back to Indiana or the UP after we go to Texas, but we got to get your family on board with that one first. All right. Well, uh, everyone remember, stay adaptive.